Well, uh, I want to pick up from kind of where we were on Sunday evening, um, and I want to preface <coughs> what I'm going to continue talking about by saying this. You know, when Jesus came into, uh, when he came into the world, if you will, and he began to preach, and he was preaching about the kingdom, um, it was not necessarily the best time in people's mind, but it was the best news that they could have ever possibly heard. And Jesus was preaching a message, and a lot of people didn't understand the value of the message. And it is still that way today. The message is very prevalent uh, in the fact that it's going forward, but people don't understand the value of it. So what I'm going to attempt to do tonight is put some um, historical information around the message as it relates to the kingdom. So it's kind of like if somebody came to you and said, hey, I got some good news, I got some good news, and you're like, well, how is this relevant? You know, you, and I think that's what we're dealing with in the church, you know. We're saying to people, okay, this is good news, but they say, how is this relevant? You know, people want to hear, well, I, I need some money, or I, I need to be healed, or I need... So, so what Jesus began to do after preaching the message of the kingdom is he started demonstrating it. So since people couldn't hear what he was saying, he came back and said, believe me for my work's sake. You, you understand what I'm saying? So look, what I want us to do since we're in the kingdom, let's see what was going on here. What is, what was, what is Jesus really conveying to us? When he uh, says, you know, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So uh, what I want to talk about tonight is what is the kingdom agenda? What is the kingdom agenda? Uh, I want you to go. We, we, we go to Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. I want to just start there. Now we're going to hit the ground running, Okay. Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. My point, my first point tonight, and you need, you need to really, this, this, I'm sorry that I'm, I'm not going to be able to go into this slower, but I figure if we just go for the jugular, it's going to be all right. So what I want to talk about is what is the kingdom agenda, but my first point is this, the assault against the kingdom agenda in eternity past. The assault against the kingdom agenda in eternity past. Now, before I go into this, I want you to understand, we, we do things, we have what we call chronological time. Chronicle, chronological time gives us a beginning, it gives us a, a, a midpoint, if we will, the point that we may be at at that time, and there's some ending in our chronological understanding of time. What I am going to talk to you about now is not involved in any of that chronological time. But it's so we can understand how it relates to the kingdom. So I need you to step back from, from, from all of the fatigue for a moment so we can kind of understand something. Uh, Isaiah chapter 14, verse 12. The Bible says, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? 
How art thou cut down to the ground which this weaken the nations? Look at, uh, let's keep going here. Verse 13, for thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, Is this the man that made the earth to tremble, that did shake kingdoms, that made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof, that opened not the house of his prisoners? Now, listen to this. This is a historical record of the seed of rebellion that occurred in heaven in eternity past. It's historical because it is history. It's just not in our chronological history. Are you following me? Okay. Let, let me show you. Go to Revelation chapter 12. Verse 7. The Bible says, and there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. This is a historical record of the result of the satanic rebellion that occurred in eternity past. So in other words, when Satan rebelled, Isaiah chapter 14, the great, uh, the, the five I wills, when he rebelled then, what's the result of it? Well, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 starts the result of what happened. I do want to make note of a couple things here before we go on. Number one, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 14, O Lucifer. So it's recounting Lucifer, the light bearer. It is Satan's original position. Revelation chapter 12 says the devil, the dragon, and Satan. Satan is the word for the accuser of the brethren. So it shows you how he fell from his position of authority. He is no longer Lucifer. Just want to make sure that we're we're catching this. This is important. Uh, Because I want you to see the assault on the kingdom, on the kingdom agenda, it happened before we were around. I'm I'm saying this because a lot of Christians get this, well, why why is the devil doing so much? Why why I got to deal with the devil? You don't understand. Being part of God's kingdom automatically lines you up to be in opposition to the enemy. So you can't come in this thing thinking you, you, you're going to be Switzerland and be at a neutral party. You need to get your act together. That's why the Bible says, you know, we should have on the whole armor of God. This thing is warfare. This enemy has started war with God long before you came on the scene. Now, uh, the, the second point I would like to make with this is you do not see the enemy fighting with Jesus or with God. 
Michael dealt with him. Let's not give him too much power here, okay? You don't see, you, you don't see, it, it, even with the enemy rebelling in heaven, it did not upset the plan of God where God was like, oh my goodness, what we going to do now? Him and a third of the angels are gone. Oh, woe is me. God don't even show up. Michael handles him. Uh, is that not in your book? I just want to make sure we're all getting this now. Because, you know, sometimes it's, it's easy to panic and think that, you know, this enemy is wreaking all kind of havoc and God is, is all in, in an uproar on what he's going to do. No, 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 no. Even in his worst rebellion, he got a third of the angels to follow him and God still got things under control. But this is the assault on the kingdom agenda in eternity past. Okay? Y'all feel, I feel like y'all getting that. I feel all right. I feel, I feel like that wasn't that bad. So I said, Lord, how are you going to talk to people about something that's outside of the, the framework of time that we're accustomed to? Okay, verse 12. Now, now, you, you know, this is still on Revelation chapter 12. This is still so we can understand this whole kingdom, this whole assault on the kingdom agenda. Therefore, rejoice ye heavens. So the angels are saying, heavens, y'all rejoice, and ye that dwell in them. So now I want you to know some, it's, it's, it's some beings in heaven that's rejoicing because the enemy has been kicked out. Right after that, woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil has come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. So the light bearer rebelled and was cast out and he's no longer Lucifer or the light bearer but he's Satan the accuser of the brethren and he's the one who's come down and he's upset and he's only got a short period of time. Y'all getting this? Eternity past? So Luke chapter 10 verse 18. Let me see if, if, if what I'm saying is making any sense. Jesus says Luke 10 and 18, and he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. He said, I saw it. So in eternity past, Jesus saw the eviction of Satan. See, this, this is to help you understand why, the, why, why is stuff breaking out in your life? Why the enemy hates you so much? Because you created in the image of God. I'm going to show you how deep this kingdom thing runs. Now, so that was the assault against the kingdom agenda in eternity past. We all good with that. All right. That brings me to the point I want to really get to there. The assault on the kingdom agenda subjects. Remember he said, woe unto the inhabitants of the earth. It's letting you know, it's, listen, heaven is rejoicing. Earth, y'all better watch out. Because the enemy has come down there and he's, he's upset and he has a short period of time. So go with me to Genesis chapter 3, verse 1, so we can start reading in time. In our chronological time. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. 
Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said. Um, you, you, you know how that story ends. Go to verse 6. When the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and the tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. So now man allows sin to enter and we lose fellowship with God's presence. Okay? I want to go to verse 15. Because now consequences begin to occur because of the eating of the fruit. And I want to concentrate just for a moment on verse 15. And it says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman. God is talking to the snake or the serpent. And between thy seed and her seed. And it shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Now, that's a lot of things I could do with that. Okay. It's a lot of things in that. He's talking to the snake. He says, I'm going to put enmity between thee and the woman. So, okay, it's an enmity between the woman and the serpent. And between thy seed and her seed. Meaning that the serpent is going to have seed. Everybody look and see the woman's seed. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Okay, so the serpent's seed is going to, that word bruise is another word for crush. It's going to crush the heel. But the woman's seed is going to crush the head. Okay, crushing your heel, you still survive. <laughs> crushing your head, you don't make it. Just making sure we all clear on the crushing here. So this is God's prophetic word. So God makes a promise to intervene through mankind to destroy the enemy. That's what Genesis 3.15 is. The enemy is going to crush Jesus' heel, but Jesus is going to crush his head. So now, now, now I want to slow us down for a moment. We're in chronos, chronological time. God speaks into the chronological time in the beginning with Adam and Eve and to the enemy and says, this is going to happen and it's coming through the seed of the woman. The enemy does not know when. He doesn't know everything. He's not omniscient. But he knows it's coming through the seed of the woman. I'm still in the kingdom agenda. I want you to understand this. Notice the enemy tried to have a coup in heaven and it didn't work. So remember I told you that earth was God's extended kingdom. He's made another kingdom and he wanted man to rule over that. And that was Adam and Eve's responsibility. So soon as that happened, the enemy comes and takes that kingdom. Are you following this? He can't get the heavenly one. Got kicked out of that. Michael said, oh, no, it ain't happening here. So now it comes to earth and cons Adam and Eve out of it. 
Now, God gives a promise and says, listen, I'm going to deal with you, and I'm going to do it through the seed of the woman. I want you to, I want you to see this. Go to Genesis chapter 6. Now, for those of you who say, well, Pastor, why are we jumping around? Well, Genesis chapter 3, you know what happens, the fall of man. Genesis chapter 4, uh, when, when you look at that, that's when uh, Cain kills Abel, the first murder. Uh, Genesis chapter 5, um, you start finding the, the, the lineages and uh, all of those people, and at the end, Noah is born. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 1, with Noah being born, okay? The Bible says, and it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they choose. Your Bible say that? Verses 1 and 2. So, okay. There's now a union of two beings that God did not authorize. I'm trying to get all of y'all together. We all read the same book. Because the sons of God were the fallen angels. They, were, they saw the women, they were fair, they took them wives of all that they choose. So there's a union of two beings that God did not authorize. Fallen angels. Okay? <laughs> Should I do that here, Lord? Okay. Let me ask you something. Where is God going to deal with the enemy at as far as the enemy knows up to this point? In the seed of the woman. I want to slow walk y'all through this. I really am. Because you got to get this. You, then we'll start understanding why Jesus, when he started talking about the kingdom coming, it's such good news. So God says prophetically, I'm going to deal with you through the seed of the woman. So now the enemy has some of his angels. We're going to go slow. Don't worry. We're going to go slow. We didn't no rush. Verse 4. Let's skip to verse 4. The Bible says, there were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. Now, Genesis chapter 6 and 1, I believe, is different beings than Genesis chapter 6 and 4. In other words, Genesis 6 and 4 is the offspring of the beings that were with the women. Okay, you, you, I just want to make sure we understand. So, the Bible says, verse 4, There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them. The same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. So now, 
These giants were the offspring of a hybrid race. Two, two, two were fallen angels and, and humankind getting together. Now listen to me. We know some of the descendants that they had through Greek mythology. Hercules, Titans. Listen, saints, that stuff is predicated on the truth. People ain't just making that up. Verse 5, look at the time that we're in. Look at the way things are. The only thing is that they make those stories about all of that Greek mythology. They make them all nice and all good and, and like they're great warriors for champions for, for the things that, that help mankind and all of this. I want you to hear what the Bible records about this time. Remember, this, this is chronological. So we inside the time that mankind has recorded. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great. It was great in the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Now, listen to this. And I know you've read this all the time, but do you realize these people were wicked? Now, now when I say this, the light going to go off. You're going to be like, bam, oh, oh. They were wicked because their DNA had been fused with hybrids. <laughs> See, we can understand that now. Okay, fallen, remember, it's fallen angels who had already tried to take over heaven. What kind of folk do you think they are? What kind of beings do you think they were? So now they, they, they fused with humans who are already under sin. So this wasn't just about sin. They became wicked. Now, this is the level of wickedness. The Bible says, and God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. And every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. These beings, see, we think this stuff can get it, um, get in your family line. People want to talk about generational curses. What happens when you fused with something that you ain't supposed to be fused with? And the something was already wicked. And then sin has entered the world in the world too. You, this is the perfect storm for wickedness. See, I know y'all read this all the time, but we're just trying to put it now so we can understand it. Verse 6, and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him at his heart. You see how bad this was? Enough to make God say, well, I, whew. Because remember, this is not just mankind as we think, oh, well, you know, Noah and them, they, they had some problems. In their no, 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 no. This is some wickedness that's fused in the DNA of these people. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air, for it repenteth me that I have made them. 
Listen to me. God decides to destroy these people and everything else they have contaminated. I, I want you to hear me. Th this is a level of wickedness that we have never seen. God says, I'm going to destroy both man, beast, creeping thing, fowls of that. Everything he's listing is stuff that they corrupted. They altered the animals, they altered the birds, they altered the plants, everything. See, people go like, man, why would God send a flood to destroy? Okay, you read the Bible. Here it is. This is why. This is something he didn't create. This is a race that is completely lost. It, it, it's, it's gone. I'm going to really throw something in there in a minute, but I'm going to make sure you get all of this first. Verse 8, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man and perfect in his generations, and Noah walked with God. This is the real deal. Noah is the only person who wasn't contaminated. Now, now I'm, I'm going to share with you why this is. Okay, listen to this. Jesus had to be born of a woman to redeem mankind. The woman can't be a hybrid. She can't be what, whatever this thing, these things were. Because they weren't people like we talking about people. I see people who read the Bible. We, we ain't got a clue. We have no clue. Because if we really read the Bible and believed it in the way it was taught, you see that some of the things you see in history and some, these, these, these things that you see people creating on, on TV and all of that, you go like, oh, okay, that's where that came from. So Jesus has to come through mankind to redeem mankind. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. It's got to be the seed of the woman. And when he said that, he was talking to a woman who was uncontaminated. So the enemy is simply saying, if I keep contaminating the line, How much time I got here? So, verse 10. And Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. I, I, I want you to, to understand something. Whatever these creatures were, and I'm going to call them creatures, because I think if we've seen some of the stuff, you think horror movies, was it, you'd be like, What? Because they was doing some stuff that was crazy. So now it says, look, look at this. The earth also was corrupt before God and the earth was filled with violence. They was, everything they were doing was violent. Cannibalism, everything. All kinds of stuff. 
And he said, Pastor, where you getting that? And I ain't getting that out of the Bible. I won't tell you where I'm getting that from, but right now you just take the word for it. In, a, in another setting, uh, if you, you probably missed some of that if you don't remember where I'm getting it from. But there's another setting, and I believe it, it, it clarifies what we're looking at. Now, so, uh, and Noah begat three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. Verse 12, and God looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt. For all flesh had corrupted his way upon the earth. Notice it's not just people now. They have done something to the animals. Because anything that has flesh is now corrupted. Exactly. Which is one of the words for corrupt. Perverse is one of the words for, the cor- for corrupt. Another word is Ruined. So we're looking at, when you look at this, all flesh was morally corrupted or ruined by this hybrid species except Noah. That's what you're reading. Now, I don't know what it's like to be Noah. Noah's seeing all kind of stuff. Now, let's go back to Genesis 3 and 15. I might just stop here tonight because it might be enough. <laughs> I won't do too much. So he says in Genesis 3 and 15, after the fall, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman. So the woman and the snake ain't going to get along. That ain't happening. Some of y'all said amen, right? Amen. <laughs> That's why, you, you know, it's an eerie thing. And I'm just, I'm just being honest. I mean, even when you watch TV and there's a woman with a snake all around, it just ain't right. It just don't feel, it, it just don't look right. You know, to find a woman, they say, yeah, my, my favorite pet is a snake. You, I mean, you, you, you just, you look at her different. It, it's just not a natural thing. I, I'm, I'm just saying, you know, it just, just don't seem right. But it says, and I will put enmity between thee and the woman and between thy seed and her seed. So the seed of the enemy or the serpent or the enemy and the woman is going to be against each other or opposing each other. It shall bruise thy head and thou shalt bruise his heel. Excuse me. So God told the enemy that the seed of a woman would be his downfall. So he sought to contaminate the human race so no seed would ever be only human. Y'all following me? Because remember, he's talking to a woman who's only human. Jesus had to come through man to redeem man. A hybrid fallen angel slash human race was not fit for his birth. You do know Jesus could have redeemed angels because they were fallen just like man. But he chose 
to redeem man. So if you're going to redeem man, he had to be born through man. Not some hybrid stuff. Okay. <laughs> Amen. All right, let me let me let me throw this out there. I believe this is also why Israel was ordered to completely destroy certain nations that inhabited the promised land. Because the people were hybrids. Well, Pastor, how can you say that? Well, actually, it's very easy. Because when you look, David is still getting rid of uh, uh, giants in the land. And we see what the giants were offsprings from. Maybe it was something in their DNA. See, they didn't understand DNA back then. But now we do. And the DNA could have been spliced with something else. And so consequently, it's noticed the giant, they got his families of them, brothers. Goliath had brothers. He wasn't the only one. Okay. I know y'all may not want to go to David. Well, let's back all the way up to the children of Israel when they get ready to go into the promised land. They go into the promised land with the 12 spies and bring back uh, the Bible says they bring back a cluster of grapes that is so big that people have to carry them on a stick. If the grapes are that big, how big are the people that's eating them? Well, well, well Pastor, you, 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 that can't be true. Well, wait a minute. What was the report in the chronological history of man that the children of Israel gave. We saw the people of the land. They were like giants. And we are like grasshoppers in their sight. So the hybrids were still there. So what starts to happen is God starts saying, see, we, we as Christians have not looked at the scriptures well enough to, to I don't want to say defend the scriptures because God don't need you to defend it. But people say crazy stuff like, why would God destroy all of the men and women and the children, the little babies? Why would, and even the cattle? Why would, look, it ain't the first time he had to destroy everything. At least now he ain't wiping the whole earth out. He's just getting rid of that race of people that's hybrids. You, 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 okay, I, now this, this is, this, this deep now, but I'm going to put this out there, okay? I don't believe they could be redeemed. That's why they were destroyed. Because they're not just human. Humanoid is not human. Because Jesus can only redeem man. So the enemy tried to make sure he wasn't, try, he wasn't playing fair. I'm going to mess up 
the rest of humanity. So God chooses, if you go back, God chooses Abraham. He said, listen, I need you to come out. I need you to do something. I need you to go to the promised land. I'm going to bless them to bless you. I'm going to make out of you a great nation. So God brings Abraham out of all of that. Because up through there, everything is corrupt. Everything is messed all up. God has destroyed the earth, replenished it. Folks, you start seeing Abraham, well, Okay, let me be good. Let me, let me not do that like that. You know about Sodom and, G- and Gomorrah and how that had gotten. That's in Abraham time. So here's God doing what? Destroying all of that. If you, keep, if you keep looking, the pattern is he has to destroy this stuff that's hybrid. Because, and it, what does he say to them? Don't, don't intermarry with them. See, we think God is, 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 is a racist. We think he got something against other races. No, he was trying to keep a human race. Because it's all about his kingdom. He gave the authority to rule this extension of his kingdom in the earth to humans. Not fallen angels, not hybrids. All of that stuff is trying to take over his kingdom, his extended kingdom here. They can't get back up there, so they're trying to take over this one. So now wait a minute. So Jesus comes on the scene. First message he preaches, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Y'all are going to restore everything back to where it's supposed to be, and it's about to be yours. That's the whole message of the kingdom. I mean, that's, that's, that's the backdrop of what he's saying when he shows up. That ain't about, uh, well, you know, are you going to replace the Romans? No, 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 this is bigger than the Romans. Well, you know, well, uh, can, can, uh, I, we ain't had nothing to eat. No, you don't understand. This is the kingdom now. You're about to rule everything. That's why it's good news. I'm finished. I'm going to quit there. I'm going to quit. I'm just just going to quit. Y'all looking like that's enough. So I think we've covered enough for the night. But what I'm doing is going back, and I'm starting to look at why what, what did we miss? I mean, you know, okay, can I be honest? Let's think about as long as we've been saved. Why hasn't the kingdom really been exciting? I mean, why hasn't it been an exciting topic? Something we've missed because if Jesus was so, I mean, you got to realize he's so excited when he first comes on the scene. That's what he's talking about. This is what Jesus talks about all the time. Then he says, you know what? All right, they're not getting it. Matter of fact, let me, let me heal some folks so they understand what the kingdom is like. Let me open some blind eyes. Let me raise some dead folks. Let me, you know, all of these things are so we can, be, we can see demonstrations of the kingdom. So now we start to see what the kingdom is like because Jesus is demonstrating it. Because nobody has seen the kingdom because of all of the way things have been. 
So do you realize, so when God took Abraham, he was taking him out because he was going to make him a father of many nations. So he becomes the father of the nation of Israel. Not just that one, but if you look at the Arabs, are they also descendants of Abraham as well? So, and he says when, the, when they're talking about the Arabs, okay, they're going to they gonna always be, uh, it's going to always be wars, y'all. Because those are the type, type people that came out of him. That's what it said. When he had, <laughs> when, they, when they came, he, he said that. So don't, don't, if you're looking for peace, I'm sorry. That ain't happening. So now you have Abraham moving, and Abraham ends up, you know, with, uh, Abraham, uh, Isaac, and Jacob. So Jacob, the, the 12 uh, tribes, 12 tribes comes into Israel, the nation. Israel, the nation, is what ends up birthing the Savior. That's what God's plan has been all the way along. But look at all the, all the things that the enemy tried to do to stop it. So, I, I mean, when you look, Exodus chapter 3, I believe it is, or chapter 4, when the children of Israel are birthing their children. Pharaoh wants them to kill all of the male seed. Okay, watch this. Who carries the seed, the man or the woman? So if God, in Genesis 3 and 15, is going to, to destroy the enemy by the seed of the woman, Let's just cut off what's going to place the seed. Uh, okay, no problem. Jesus is about to be born. Herod says, oh, no, 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 no. Because what? See, you got to understand. Herod, watch this, is concerned that there's a new king that's going to take over his kingdom. Who does that sound like? Okay, so Herod, all of the seed, the male seed, that's two years and younger, he kills. So that Jesus can't come. That's what he's trying to do. It was the spirit of the Antichrist operating in him, trying to destroy the seed of the woman. And Jesus pops up on the scene and says, repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 